Hello friends, today's podcast is going to be very special and warm-hearted because I'll be hosting Nada. Hi Nada, it's so nice to hear your cheerful voice again. We haven't talked for about six years. For the listeners, Nada is a school friend. We went to the 10th grade together in Syria. Hi everyone, um, I'm Noah's friend uh, <laughs> and I'm very happy to be here and I'm very excited. <laughs> I think that you can hear this from my voice. Yeah. Um, the 10th grade was a blast, just so you all know. <laughs> <laughs> Lately, you've been supporting the content I've been making on Spotify and I was very happy to receive such a positive feedback and I thought, why not having you as a guest? Because you have something very special to talk about. In today's episode, Nada's going to talk about her experience in being an ex-hijabi. If you don't know what hijab is, it is the headwear which Muslim women wear. Before we get into the subject, it might be interesting for the audience to hear what you've been doing for the last couple of years in Germany. I know I haven't written that down, but it would be interesting to introduce yourself a little bit. It's totally fine. Um, so, my name is Nada. I'm 21 years old. I've been in Germany since 2016. I went to school here in Germany for a year and a half and then I decided that my German was not so perfect so I had to go and visit a course and after that I decided that I can volunteer somewhere to gain experience since um, I'm not a person who knows anything about work. And now I work with foreigners, like the young ones from the age of 12 until uh, 27 in my city, Karlsruhe, in Germany. And I'm actually very happy to uh, be working with the Internationaler Bund. This is its name in German. Uh, it's in Karlsruhe and it uh, affords all the help to uh, foreigners. Okay, because I'm a teacher trainee, I want to ask you if you have ever considered being a teacher. Because you have a great charisma, you have a comfortable voice, everything is so appealing. You actually have the perfect characteristics for being a teacher. You know, because it would be nice if I was able to have you as a fellow student or as um, maybe we can happen to be future colleagues. <laughs> what do you think about it? Actually, I tried. I worked as a teacher voluntarily in Turkey. I taught uh, kids and teens. I was only 16 back then. But they were looking for someone that can speak fluent English. Uh, so I went and I started working there. I really love kids so much, but I don't see myself doing this for a very long time. Hmm. I'm a person who gets bored quickly. Yeah. That's why I can't stick to a specific routine. I know that I one day I will have a routine, uh, but I would love my life to like I would love to meet new people every time because I'm a very social person. Um, and I love meeting new people. That's why I hmm. think that being a teacher is something very suitable for me. Hmm, okay, I think it's a pity because you would have been definitely a great teacher. I want to call attention that being a teacher is actually a very vivid occupation. Um, you were not going to get bored. I don't think so. <laughs> but it's okay. Let's dive into our topic. I have prepared a list of questions. Those questions are 
Probably I'll call them the most frequently asked questions from Germans, which concern women who wear hijab. The first question is, at what age did you start wearing hijab? In our religion, a girl should start wearing the hijab as she hits puberty. And for me, that was at 12 years old. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why? Why? Um, actually, I was tempted by my surroundings and I was talked and encouraged into it by my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, at 12 years old, I was not so religiously conscious to think about the decision I was making. Yeah. But like seeing my mother and a lot of women and girls also my age take that step made it look easier for me to do. Yeah. And that's why um, I think that like the surroundings have influenced me into taking such a decision with such a young age. Mm-hmm. I see that. So you haven't questioned that um, at that time. You haven't questioned why should I wear hijab or why is my mother wearing one? Let me not say that I, I... Yes, I did not question it because that was the normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's say. I would totally agree on that. I would have questioned it if somebody was not wearing hijab at that time. The normal case is that women would wear hijab. If they wouldn't have worn one, I would have asked myself, okay, what's the matter? Those weren't the majority, okay, in Aleppo or in Syria. Since you're a Muslim, do you know which hadith or surah says that you should wear hijab? For the audience, a surah is, I think it's, um, is it the sentence? Or is it the whole passage? Nada, can you help me out, please? <laughs> it's the whole, it's the whole, like, let's say, maybe we can call it chapter. Yeah, it's a chapter, okay. Yes. Okay, so it's a chapter out of the Quran, um, the holy book for Muslims. Back to the question, do you know which hadith or surah says that you should wear a job? Yes, I do actually. Okay. It's uh, Surat Al-Ahzab mm-hmm. um, and it's verse 59. Okay. However, I'm not, I'm in no position to say that this is what determines whether a woman should wear the hijab or not. But as I read this, I took it as um, an indication yeah. to wearing the hijab. Mm-hmm. So it's... And if you check it out, you will see what I mean. Okay, I will. Um, so that was your interpretation of this surah. Yeah. This is how you got it. Okay. And I told you yeah. I was only 12 when I started wearing it, so I did not really do my research. Yeah, this is good. This goes without saying because as I was born, I didn't decide if I want to be Muslim or not. I just took it for I just took it for granted to be a Muslim, just like my parents. When you are born in a religious family, you ought to be religious as well, right? It would have been exceptional if you said no, I want to grow up without religion. Yes, it would be abnormal for our, for the place that we used to live in, for the environment that we used to live in. But as in general, 
I think that everyone is free mm-hmm. to do to take their own decision and to have their own beliefs. Yeah. And as you said, we took this religion from our parents. And um, as for me, I am grateful for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as I do more research with time and I understand so many things, yeah. like, for example, why is this forbidden or why is this most likely to do? It's not just out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. God yeah. doesn't just want us to stop doing one thing. Mm. It's because it's, for example, dangerous or it's because it's harmful for uh, for us as humans. You know? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got it. Um, just to clarify, it wasn't forbidden not to wear hijab in Syria. So um, there, the police would have done nothing if they saw you without hijab. So it's totally up to you if you want to wear it or not. But, and here comes the but, um, I think that society would judge you if you don't wear one. Am I right? Let me tell you a story. All, my, all of my aunts wore hijab back then, and they still do. Um, and it has always been critical when there is someone new, there, when there's a woman who didn't wear one. They would say, oh, sister in Islam, uh, do you know, you're very beautiful and you should cover your beauty. Actually, they don't genuinely mean it because when she is gone, they start to slander. This is not the point of religion. That's not how religion works and that's not how God wants it. If you were a real believer and if you genuinely mean it, if you genuinely want that this woman wear hijab, you can do dua for her. You can pray with, you can pray for your God. You can communicate with him that she would find the right path. And you can't tell me the opposite because I've been there. I've been behind the scenes and I've heard and seen what happened. We couldn't just let people go with their beliefs. We always had to put our two cents. Yes, I totally agree to that. Um, as for me, since I started wearing uh, the hijab at 12 years old, the concept of society's pressure wasn't really formed in my brain. And that, like, the decision that I took was completely private between me and my family. And if anything, like, from society, it was just the influence. It was not forced since I was a kid Mm. but when we talk after about me taking off the hijab I will tell you about the pressure okay let's move on third question very excited when and why did you take off your hijab okay um actually as I started maturing I felt that the decision I had made wasn't suitable for me anymore I was 15 uh, when I took it off Mm. and I had recently moved to Turkey. Mm -hmm. I had already made the decision before I moved, but I was too afraid of what people might say if I do it. Mm. And that's where society came in play, you know? Like, I was afraid of what people might say about me and my family Mm. and that fear was 
at that point greater than my commitment to wearing the hijab. And that's when mm. I realized I wasn't wearing it for its actual purpose anymore. But because of me not being brave enough or comfortable enough to take a step back or to undo what I have done, uh, not because it's a bad thing, but as I said, it's because I felt for myself that it was not what I wanted anymore. Hmm. And as I mentioned in the beginning, it was not totally my decision, hmm. but it was more of a temptation and um, I was talked into it. You grew up in a religious family and I would have done the same if I were a woman. You mentioned the word fear and I would like to know if you feared the community more than you feared God. Let me form this um, this way. So I am religious and I am religious not because I have to be, but because I did my own research and I believe mm. in this. Mm -hmm. So um, one of God's names is merciful mm. and forgiving. Mm. And me wearing or taking off the hijab is something between God and I. So if I wear it or I take it off, I'm not hurting anyone or benefiting anyone but myself. Yeah. So at that point, I thought that God is forgiving and he's merciful. He will understand why I did this. So... Uh, so The word merciful gives mm. so much relief to my heart. Yeah. And that's why I, my, my fear was not that, oh my God, I'm going to go to hell if I do that. Yeah. Because hell and heaven, if anyone believes in them, so you wouldn't go to hell uh, because you're not wearing a hijab or... You're not going to go to heaven. You don't have a guaranteed ticket to heaven if you wear it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, right. So that's why my fear was from society since I'm a human being that lived there between those people, mm. no matter how toxic they were. Um, but I had to think about myself, my mental health and my family um, more at that point yeah. than God because of the reason that I mentioned. I don't know if that sounds stupid, but I'm so glad that I'm a man and um, that I didn't have to be confronted with the decision of wearing or taking off hijab. You know, there, is, there are those days when you wake up and your hair looks just perfect and then you feel so comfortable and confident about it and Everyone wants to look beautiful, right? Who doesn't? Even the German author um, Goethe said, um, we want to be surrounded by beautiful people. When you have your friends over or when you go out, I don't know, you want to look beautiful. You might be asking yourself right now what I'm driving at. I'm actually trying to recap what I think about hijab because my mother um, wore that as well. But give me a moment. I'm thinking of basic approaches. You're a pretty woman. 
I hope I'm, yeah, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. And I don't, you know, I, I know, I know I haven't listed that on the list, but um, it, the question came up to my mind because I can't, yeah, I can't understand. No, I don't have to understand it. Go, go ahead, them, but, go ahead, just um, ask me, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know how women deal with their appearance when they put on hijab. Like, everyone wants to look great, you know? And I think that women's hair is so is an important piece of beauty, and I think you have to show it. Like, I know that the purpose of hijab is not showing the whole beauty. Women shouldn't be seductive towards men. However, you just feel more comfortable and confident in your daily routine when you are satisfied with your appearance. And I know it's not only about appearance, it's about much more. It's about um, being smart, being educated, whatever being smart and educated mean. But I do believe that hair is a very important factor. Um, so I might disagree with you a little bit about the beauty part. I don't think that when a woman, I know that hair is very beautiful and me, I'm a woman and when my hair looks good, I feel 10,000 times more confident than yeah. when I just tie it up in a bun. Mm -hmm. So um, I know how, how important uh, hair is for us, but the concept of hijab i don't think that it's just covering your beauty because there are so many beautiful women who actually wear the hijab and they look very beautiful wearing it yeah when you are convinced with what you're doing and you believe that this is what you want then you wouldn't actually think oh my god if i did not wear it my hair would have looked way more beautiful to everyone mm. i would show it off and stuff like that because you know when you are taking this decision of wearing the hijab you know that covering your hair is a part of this and when you're stepping into something like that you know that this is what you have to deal with and if a lady is wearing a hijab and she knows that she's not going to be able to show her hair anymore and that means when she's wearing it that she's fine with this. Yeah. She doesn't have any problem. Mm. I think that beauty, like, for example, me in winter, I barely show my hair because I always want my ears to be warm. So I'm always <laughs> wearing a beanie. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think that I look less beautiful in winter than in summer. <laughs> you always do. You always do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Actually, sometimes it's um, even convenient because when your hair looks messy, you just wrap it up and go out, especially if you're in a hurry. <laughs> Let's go back to our topic. You mm -hmm. took it off. How did you feel yes. afterwards? Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a very big change for me. Hmm. And like any other change in the world, it took me a while to adapt to it. I was battling with two sides of what I was feeling, you know? Hmm. One was ease and self-comfort. Hmm. 
by taking action in my decision. The other was kind of guilt hmm. because I might have let God down. Hmm. You know, I was 15 and it was very normal to think like that. Uh, but later on, as I was like consoling my guilty self, I realized that my connection with God did not only depend on this yeah. or did not really depend on this much as... Um, God knows our hearts and our thoughts and how we, he knows the inside of us. And that's after thinking and thinking, this is the conclusion that I came uh, into that the connection between God and I is not just the, if I wear the hijab and if I took it off, this doesn't mean that I am not going to be praying or, um, have this um, this kind of connection like mm. from the soul mm. you mm. know what I mean yeah. with God uh, exactly yeah. that's where I have this kind of a relief after Yeah, I'm not saying that what I did was right uh, religiously mm. let's say mm. religiously um, I I don't think that it was right, but as I said, God is merciful and he is forgiving. And at this point, as I said, I did not hurt anyone by taking off my hijab. So God might forgive me for doing this. Uh, since he knows what I am going through, how I feel, and how what thoughts drove me into taking this decision. Hmm. You know, I don't think that God is going to send anyone to hell because she didn't wear her hijab or, let's say, a piece of cotton, a piece of clothes. But a hijab wouldn't guarantee you to go to paradise as well, right? So I can also tell you a little story that my dad once told me after I had this conflict with myself about the whole taking off the hijab. Um, he told me that there was once a woman who worked as a prostitute back mm. then, like... Um, and she was once walking in the desert and she saw a thirsty dog. Yeah, I know she the story. She took yeah. off her yeah. boot yeah. to fill it with water mm, so she can give this poor little thirsty dog mm. some water. Mm. And that's how they say that she went to heaven, although she was a prostitute. Yeah. So this is how merciful, merciful God is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's God of all mercy. Um, mm -hmm. That's uh, actually funny that you also know the story. Um, I've heard it once or twice. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> Are we allowed to know how your parents reacted when you took off your hijab? Uh, yes, of course. Um, so... I want to say that my parents were at conflict at the beginning before I even 
started wearing it, um, they were at conflict with the idea. As to my dad, thought that I was too young to commit to a decision that big. Mm. Very thoughtful. But mm. yeah, but my mom was like, no. She is a grown woman right now, and it's better that she starts wearing it. Mm. So and you, um, you stood in the middle and didn't know what to do. <laughs> exactly, so. but then I gave up into my mother's glamorization of the hijab, and that's when I started wearing it. So, uh, and my dad was supportive of my decision, whatever it was. And then when I said that I wanted to like undo what i have done mm. and like take off uh, the hijab i was in turkey yeah um and even though my dad was not with me back then mm. i told him on the phone mm. and he said that I am a little more mature than when I was a 12-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. And when I was 15, I was also a kid. But I was more mature. And he just respected my decision. And uh, he like his reaction was very relieving, you know? Because... Uh, I've never had like this fear of my dad like oh my god I can't tell him this because then he will react like that and he will be angry he was always the supportive person who, an understanding person um, who's always had my back and that's exactly what he has done although he was far away he was still in Syria back then yeah um, oh, it, it really yeah, gives so... me it, it gives me the shivers that um to hear that because I know that it sounds like a storytelling, like it just like a normal storytelling, but there are a lot of emotions um, behind the scenes, you know. And I'm sorry that you were separated in Turkey and that your father was in Syria. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. So, go on, sorry, interrupt. Yeah, it um, it was the first big decision that I took all by myself, mm. and. Um, as I said, religiously, it might have been wrong. Again, like, I don't justify what I have done, that it's, uh, yeah, you can all do the same of what I have done. I'm just talking about my experience and um, how understanding my dad was gave me kind of uh, a better feeling about myself back then because I was so confused and hesitant and... Mm -hmm. I was totally alone. Uh, my my whole family was still in Syria because at first I thought that I was just going for a little vacation. My grandpa has a house there in Istanbul mm. and uh, I was just going to spend the summer there and then come back. And when I was there, I just felt that I was away uh, from this toxic society yeah. and I was feeling freer yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than I was when I was in Syria because I knew that there I nobody knew me and I was not going to be judged whatsoever. Mm. That's 
when I realized that I had to just rip off the band-aid and do it. Yeah. Um, I knew that afterwards when everybody eventually hears about me taking off the hijab that I will be judged and talked about. But yeah, since I was far away, it meant much less to me than to do it, for example, when I was still uh, in Syria back then. But I can see your point from taking it off as you um, were in Turkey, because a lot of things were changing. You left Syria and you moved to another country where everything was new. And um, it is a lot easier to go with the flow and change as well. So those changes contributed that you take the first step towards an action which will have a psychological effect. One of the last questions on the list. Do you remember the first picture you posted on social media without your hijab? And if you do, and I believe I you do, how did your friends react? So, um, I did not post anything for the longest time. I kept it as a secret for the longest time mm. because I was, as I said, alone. Yeah. And I was afraid of the pressure that would affect me mentally mm. since it was the first time I was just 15 and I was away from my parents and uh, my sisters uh, my, my sister and brother and we really like I really have a very good bond with my family mm. um, and like I just woke up one day and they were somewhere else um, and I know that this was my choice. I wanted to try being alone for the first time. And I thought, yeah, it, like the time will pass very quickly since it was just the summer. But I was afraid that the society's pressure would hurt me mentally. Hmm. And that's why I kept it as a secret for uh, the first while. But then, um, at some point, I heard from my best friends that uh, people in Syria already know that I took it off. And that's when I said just, whatever, I'll just post it because this is who I am right now. Mm. And if somebody um, doesn't want to accept me like that, then they can also stay out of my life. And I would not have any problem with that. The good thing was that my closest circle of friends were understanding. And um, if you ask why, is because they knew exactly why I took such a step. And that's why um, they were very understanding they did not even ask me any questions they just pretended as if nothing has happened yeah. for them not to make me feel pressured or for them not to make me feel that i have to explain myself to them or explain why i have took such a personal decision mm -hmm. 
So that was really very uh, helping and uh, positive. A couple of days ago, I had to think of you because I know that we texted and you told me that you were still in touch with one of our friends in Syria. And I had to think about that for a little while. And I came to the conclusion that there are actually two roads which people can hit when they get detached from their country. And you decided to keep the people who made you happy as you were a kid and as you were a teenager. And this is actually a very wise decision because in life you don't get to come over a lot of people who turn to be your best friends. We count our best friends on our fingers. They're, they are not many, okay? So, and this is a good transition for the other road, which I hit. And this road isn't actually silky, it's foggy and risky. Because as I left the country, I didn't want to stay in touch with my friends because I knew we are gonna diverge. We're gonna never ever have the same moments again, which we had as children. We're gonna find new people. We're gonna have to build our new empire once again from the beginning on ourselves. And you might find it funny when I say an empire, to build an empire as I was 15. But what I mean is, as I arrived in Germany, I had no one. I was completely on my own. Okay, I looked right and left and I didn't see anyone who was waiting for me. As I heard that you, that your friends accepted that, that they accepted and they didn't even judge it. They didn't even care about it. They didn't even question it, you know? Yeah. They said, Nada, um, yeah, fuck it. It's fine. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's the same me that they yeah, know. Exactly. I did not change and that's what they cared about. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to the four last question. Nada, do you regret having worn hijab? Don't regret wearing it. Um, like the hijab as a religious action is not what I regret. What I regret is wearing it without being totally aware of its purpose. Mm. I wore it at the age of 12. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I regret taking it off. Um... But what I know is that taking it off was religiously not so correct. Mm -hmm. But as I said, God is merciful and forgiving. And I hope he forgives and guides me to what he pleases. So we can come to an end. All good things have an end, right? Um, we actually still have one more question. But we're going to dedicate a whole episode for that. It's gonna deal with German institutional regulations in terms of headwear. But Nada, I wanna ask you if you have a message which you want the Arab world or the German community to hear. My message to everyone is that kindness and respect is the only way to move forward. And we need to learn to accept each other and stop restricting each other. That's like my wish. Uh, the German population is made up of a variety of different cultures and religions and a variety of people. And I think it's time we understand and learn more about each other and each other's cultures and lifestyles. As long as we're leading with humbleness, consideration and humanity we may all live in a place where everyone is accepted for who they are and what they wear let's say without any 
unfair laws restricting them from doing what they would want to. The hijab does not say um, anything about the person, but for example, that they are Muslims, but you don't know if they are good people, if they're good ladies, bad ladies, if they are uh, 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 um, kind, if they're not, yeah. people defer. Yeah. And wearing the hijab doesn't really say a lot about a lady other than yeah. that she's a Muslim. Yeah, you're right. Um, Another, you've said something very important. Um, a Muslim doesn't have to be a believer you know you can you can be a muslim it can be written on i don't know it's not actually written on paper but um you can pretend to be a muslim but you can't pretend to be a believer the the purpose of a religion yeah, actually or the faith or the, the faith the, the faith. faith or the religious faith have has to come from your heart um exactly. if, it, if it does then you are a true muslim Thank you for being transparent. Thank you for every word you've shared with us. I'm actually very happy that I was your guest and it was amazing catching up after all these years, after all these busy and full of change years. Yeah, yeah, for me too. And actually it was a nice, um, I, I believe it was a good recapitulation for you to rethink about the whole process um, which you've gone through. Thank you so much for everything and I can't wait to be your guest again oh. and talk about the topic. Yeah, you will be. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so bye-bye audience. Take care and see you in the next episode.